Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. All right. Happy Tuesday. Listen, we put together a big TV special last week about the pain at the pumps, about the future of American electricity. Is the president, Biden, is is his policies on track, on target, or is he taking us into an abyss? A lot of strong comments about, are we ready for an all-electric vehicle fleet? I think you're going to find out no. We got a great lineup, including... Sarah Palin, the former Alaska governor on the comeback trail, soon likely to be a member of Congress from the great state of Alaska. She headlines an all-star cast of experts on energy and why we have gone from being energy independent to energy dependent in 18 months. Just the transition from Donald Trump to Joe Biden caused that moment. We're going to have you covered on that and so much more. It's a great special. Listen up. Enjoy. I'll be back Wednesday with regular programming. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Just the News, Real America's Voice special report, How the War on Gas and Oil Made America Energy Dependent Again. I'm your host, John Solomon. Tonight, in partnership with our sponsor, Panex Oil and Gas, we're going to explore and discuss how the Biden administration's domestic and international policy shifts are emboldening OPEC and other foreign adversaries around the world. While supply and demand continue to increase, citizens here in the United States continue to suffer greatly at the gas pump in grocery stores and even in the real estate market. From the Obama-Biden White House to the Trump administration's policies and now President Biden's first two years in office, strained relationships, liberal political strategy, Eastern European war, and further turmoil have impacted our nation into becoming energy dependent. Again, that's almost hard to believe. Over the course of the next hour, we're going to be joined by a former Secretary of Interior under President Trump, the U.S. and Oil and Gas Association president, and others to learn just how the oil and gas marketplace has been decimated, rebuilt, 
and relied upon over the years and then decimated again. We'll also hear exclusively from Panix's executive leadership later in the hour as to uh, how they are personally trying to solve this ongoing energy crisis happening under President Biden. Now, we're very lucky to start this show off with President Trump's former Secretary of the Interior. He's David Bernhardt, and he's here to join us today. Mr. Secretary, an honor to have you on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it and look forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's such an important conversation. It's almost hard to remember two years ago when you turned the keys over to the Biden administration, we were energy independent. Gas was around $2 a gallon. How did we get to this point? Uh, $5 gas and, and a collapsing market. Well, it all started on day one when this president uh, came into office and made a decision. He made a decision to put climate activism over energy independence. His first, One of his first actions um, on day one was to lay out a energy uh, agenda, which included uh, stopping the Keystone Pipeline, pausing oil and gas activities on federal land, which make up about 30 percent of energy production, and, um, and continuing a litany of activities. And then he staffed um, these agencies with climate activists who are hostile to um, traditional forms of energy. And so it's no surprise that as a result of that concerted effort, we've seen a dramatic impact to our energy security. We've seen a slowdown in the development of uh, energy permits. We've seen a hostility to the energy industry that says, hey, we want you out of the business in a few years. And all of that's had a tremendous effect in, in impacting negatively new investment, new investment that we need to drive additional supply of energy. And because there's not new investment uh, driving uh, supply, uh, what you have is tremendous uh, impact on the demand side that is simply not being met. And we have uh, prices that we've never, ever seen before. It's absolutely stunning. It's a demonstration of hostility. And the amazing thing is that this president could stop it by issuing a, um, a new policy that says, hey, uh, fossil fuels have an important uh, future in this country. We need to make energy investments and we need to um, proceed quickly forward with leasing and pipeline permitting. But to date, he has not been willing to issue um, a new uh, policy direction. Uh, and as a result, the American people will continue to suffer, not only in the short term, but in the midterm and potentially the long term, unless things turn around. Yeah, yeah because these markets are long term uh, markets. They, they take time to make adjustments to what he's already done. It's really remarkable. I want to take That's you right. back because when President Obama was uh, in office, we were energy dependent. Then the Trump administration with you and others made us energy independent. Then we've gone backwards again. What did the Trump administration do to get to get us so quickly to energy independence? Well, we had a couple of things that were really important. And, and the first is that American entrepreneurship and American uh, technology led to what we know as the, the fracking or shale revolution, which unleashed um, oil uh, reserves that we had not um, thought um, would be available in the future. And they started that really in the Obama administration on private lands. What President Trump did that was exceptional is we took that great energy resonance, that, that technical innovation and that opportunity, and we moved it forward um, onto 
uh, public lands. And so those two things together drove um, dramatic production. And and this this president has said those properties, um, you know, the goal is that those properties are off limits. And um, indeed, the future uh, for this entire industry is bleak. And that's just simply not uh, consistent with um, where uh, the demand for the future will be and um, where demand is today. And as a result of that, there's tremendous price pressure and tremendous harm uh, to the American public and to the American consumer and to American jobs. And so now we have a situation where he shut down the American side of the equation and he's literally, the administration is literally going to other countries and saying, please um, up your production and um, do that in a way that's actually um, less environmentally benign um, than in America. It's, it's simply incredible. Yeah, no, it is. And you mentioned the security factor. When we have to rely on a Russia, on a Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, all of those countries that are part of the OPEC cartel, uh, we are not as safe as we used to be. This is actually a geopolitical reduction in our security, what has happened under President Biden, right? That's absolutely true. And the great thing um, that I was able to witness serving in the Trump administration was the foreign policy decisions that President Trump could make because of our strength in energy um, freed up his ability to make uh, decisions uh, that involved, um, you know, not necessarily putting troops um, in places in the Middle East. It, it actually freed and enhanced America's interest while at the same time enhancing American economic opportunity. And to simply um, uh, shut that process down, create friction in that, makes no sense for uh, the environment, no sense for American security, and certainly no sense for the American consumer. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And they know every time they're the gas pump, it doesn't make sense anymore, I'll tell you that. Um, no. There is this extraordinary answer that the Biden administration gives, which is don't worry about the high gas prices. You're going to be able to buy an electric car someday. But we are a long ways away from having an infrastructure that could support any large mass deployment of electric cars. How many years are we apart from that? And why is there such a miscalculation on the Biden administration not realizing the infrastructure is not there? Well, first off, we are a long, long ways uh, from a position where everyone could have an electric vehicle that we'd have a system in place to um, uh, provide for those vehicles and that our, our grid could even handle that magnitude of delivery. It's just simply not realistic. And um, the, the simple answer to that is the energy and electricity systems we have are incredibly complex. They were built over literally the last 112 years and you can't drop a um, hand grenade into that system and think there won't be massive uh, impacts. And that's exactly uh, what this administration chose to do. They uh, dropped a hand grenade and they didn't have a solution. They didn't have a solution for the American workers for actual jobs. They didn't have a solution for the American consumers who are now um, paying uh, more at the gas pump, more in every product we buy driven by um, increased energy costs. And it's simply um, a dogma of climate activism without a well thought out plan of what the consequences to the American people would be. And then once they have seen these consequences, they haven't pivoted. 
And that to me is the absolute incredible thing that we have basically an executive branch that's decided they've dug themselves in a hole and they're just going to keep digging. Even even the Clinton administration and the Obama administration uh, found ways to modulate uh, their policies. And what we're seeing here is there's just no interest in modulation. And I fear that the American people are in for a long, long, expensive next three years. And this is what we get when we allow extremists and activists to um, control these agencies. There's a tremendous consequence. Yeah, that there is. We only got about 30 seconds left. So I want to ask this. We keep hearing big oils to blame, but most of the people that drill for oil are mid-sized and smaller companies that employ a lot of people. Why is there the myth of big oil? Well, look, um, everybody likes to have a furniture, right? But here, here's the thing. Um, the oil companies are going to do very well right now, honestly. But they've also had a decade where they did very, very poorly. And so, you know, what we have is a situation right now where people believe um, uh, the hostility of the American government is such that they're not going to want to invest in oil and gas. And what we need right now, although companies are stepping forward, we need more production or we need a crash in demand. Sure, and, yeah. um, and that is not good uh, for the American economy. When you look at most, the last several big recessions, right. what you see is that they were driven by extremely high energy costs. And we're on that pathway right now. And without increases in supply, we are going to have a bigger problem later this year. Mm, I can't even imagine it being bigger than it is, but you're right. Everybody I'm talking to is saying the same thing. Mr. Secretary, first, thanks for getting our country to energy independence. A lot of people forget what you did for this country. And also thanks for helping explain us how we got into this mess so much. We really, really enjoyed your conversation. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Oh, as well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more discussion of how we got here and where we're headed. Right after this. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. 
Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. Our next guest really needs no introduction. She's the former governor of Alaska, the 2008 vice presidential nominee for the Republican Party, and now widely assumed to become the next congresswoman from the great state of Alaska. Joining us right now is Governor Sarah Palin. Governor, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate the invitation. Well, you know energy. You have been talking about it going all the way back to the time you were running for vice president. We have this moment where Joe Biden has shut off the spigot in America, gas prices are off the off the chart, and the solution seems to be sitting right in front of us. What's going on here? Well, Biden is so clueless, John, about any of the simple solutions and his common sense solutions that just need to be applied. Uh, you know, from day one, when he got elected, his administration kicked off, they undid all the good things that President Trump had done and uh, President Trump, he had just applied to common sense um, in how to um, ratchet up the supply of domestic energy, allowing um, federal lands to be tapped and um, allowing, um, uh, you know, a lot, of, a, a lot better relationship with the oil companies than what we're seeing um, in the Biden administration. So Biden gets in there, he undoes all the good stuff. And, uh, you know, it was so predictable what was going to happen. Of, co- of course, now we're in an energy crisis, but there are common sense solutions to get it back on track. I do not think, though, that Biden is willing to even listen to what those solutions are. Yeah, it is remarkable. In fact, they keep talking about a transition, but it's a transition that America is nowhere near ready to make. We don't have the electricity grid that can support all the electric cars. We don't have the batteries that could do it. Uh, the best opportunity, I think, to start the correction process will be this election in November. Republicans have a very different plan. You have articulated, as you've run for the congressional seat there, a very specific plan on how to get America's uh, energy unleashed again. Tell us a little bit about where Republicans will take this country next year. Well, Republicans have, have really got to put pressure on the administration even until uh, that red wave is ushered in in the midterms. Um, because Biden, as expected, he'll he'll be over in Saudi Arabia or somewhere foreign, begging them to uh, tap their reserves so that we can um, import their energy sources. When, of course, we we have the supplies here. God has so blessed uh, our, our our nation with um, these energy resources that we can responsibly develop. In fact, more responsibly than any other nation, and. Um, uh, we can't wait until that red wave, even though it's coming soon. Uh, there is no excuse when, when it comes to um, 
Republicans exerting their power right now uh, and um, put pressure on the Biden administration to open up Anwar, open up uh, the federal lands, fight against Biden's 30 for 30 by 30 plan, which, of course, John, is uh, his commitment to uh, locking up 30 percent of federal lands by 2030. Alaska already suffers uh, from worse than that. The, the numbers we our federal lands are locked up by Biden. Um, and uh, it, it's just really tragic. And it's it's um, affects every single aspect of our lives. People don't understand, perhaps, that uh, the price of gas at the pump, you know, cost me 140 bucks to fuel up my truck. And, and you know, we all we all feel that in our own pocketbook when we go. But the transportation costs of all of our consumer goods are jacked up, of course, with this increase in energy prices and, um, you know, petroleum products, which are all around us. You know, everything is made out of oil, practically plastics, cosmetics, oh. um, uh, you, you know, John, everything. Everything being made out of petroleum. And uh, so, of course, the price of everything is jacked up because the supply is low domestically. And there's just no excuse for it. We have the supplies. Just got to turn on the spigot. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think we see when we look what uh, Vladimir Putin has done to Eastern Europe in recent months, shutting off the uh, using oil and energy as a geopolitical weapon. America was far less dependent just two years ago on foreign oil. Now we're so much more dependent there's a national security threat here that I know you're deeply concerned about. Absolutely. There's an inherent link between energy and security and energy and prosperity. Uh, let me give you another example of what we could be doing to tap into our domestic supplies so that we're not reliant on these uh, dirty and dangerous sources of energy that Biden uh, evidently wants us to be dependent upon. Up here in Alaska, we have the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System and uh, at maximum capacity, 2 million barrels a day were flowing through. That's good, clean domestic crude coming down the pipeline. Uh, and Alaska was supplying about 18% of the U.S. domestic supply of energy. Well, today we, we've gone from 2 million barrels a day to about 400,000 barrels a day. And the pipeline's there. You know, it's engineered for big amounts, not, not the small amount. And, um, of course, the, the supplies are there underfoot. What's going on today, though, is oil companies, I, I don't think Biden and his people, they don't even ask the right questions. So they, I'm sure they don't understand why um, with Biden today evidently going uh, to meet with oil executives, telling them to ramp up production. You know, you guys are just trying to gouge the American public. It, oh, God, he, he has no idea how it works. Uh, when an oil company shuts down a rig and they do that, because it just doesn't pencil out. It's for economic reasons, of course. Uh, they shut down a rig. And Biden evidently thinks that you can just flip a switch and get that rig back up and running and, okay, we're going to drill more and have more supply coming out. It doesn't work that way. Wow. Uh, you know, it takes months, if not years, to ramp back up production that has been shut down by the government. So they're not even asking the right questions. And too many Republicans in office today, back there in D.C., they know what the solutions are. I do not know why they are not more adamant and, and uh, you know, just more passionate about allowing the supplies to flow domestically because, you know, it goes back to your suggestion there that our country is less safe uh, because of that inherent link between energy supplies and national security. We're less safe with the way things are going. Yeah. And I think that what you just talked about is so important. Most Americans don't realize this. 
there is a long tail to energy and oil exploration. And it starts with investors uh, wanting to have confidence, saying, well, I think it's a good idea to go into this. It seems like the Biden administration has tried to dry up confidence among investors with things like these new ESG rules that impose all these environmental concepts before you can invest in a project. Your thought about the SEC kind of going woke into the climate area. Yeah, well, well, think about that when you talk about investments. Who wants to invest in, say, uh, building new refineries? We haven't built refineries in decades in, in the U.S. We're not going to build new refineries because there's not going to be the investment. There's not going to be the finances available uh, because of government's committed policy to turn everything green, which is just so unrealistic, of course. And, um, uh, you know, that that's a big problem that we're facing is a lack of refinery capacity. And uh, again, it just makes us more reliant on the foreign sources, but it's purposeful, John. And that's what's sinful. That's what's just such a shame about what's going on. It's so obvious to to me, to so many people, that this is purposeful. It's part of the fundamental transformation of America that we've been promised. Obama, when he was a, a, a candidate just a couple of days before his election, yeah. he announced that candidly, bluntly. He was ready to fundamentally transform America. Well, this is another step towards that. John, you only fundamentally transform something for which you have disdain because it means you want to totally wipe out fundamentally what was going on, what the thing was, and replace it with something. In our case, it's going to be replacing America with something that we do not recognize. And that's why those who love America can't stand for it. Yeah, exactly. And so the, and the funny thing is, this is a president that ran as middle class, Joe. I understand. I feel your pain. He doesn't seem to feel the pain of the middle class. We only got about 30 seconds left. What will the middle class say in this upcoming election? I'm sure they're going to usher in that red wave. You know, it, 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 it is insanity to keep going, going, going the way that we're, we're going and, and expect that anything's going to get better. Think, things are going to get worse before they get better. And, and that's why, uh, you know, people need to be involved. They need to show up and vote. They need to bring in those uh, common sense constitutional conservatives who understand the economy, who understand resource development and, uh, God, let's just get it done. It's, exactly. it's, it's ridiculous what's going on. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a circus back in D.C. And, uh, you know, serious candidates need we, to be recognized we, and they need to be elected. We, we need that common sense from Alaska that you bring, Governor. So glad to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Tim Stewart of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, he's going to tell us what the industry is trying to do to make things better. We'll be right back. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash just news. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Welcome back, America. Joining me now is Tim Stewart. He serves as the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, and we're so glad to have him here today. Tim, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you this morning. Yeah, it is. It is pretty remarkable to think that under the Obama-Biden administration, we saw a $3.97 peak, I think, of gasoline. Then it dropped way down under Donald Trump. I think the highest it ever got was under $3, and it was almost at 2 when he turned the keys over. Now we're back at over, actually, at $5, a historic new level. How did we follow that course? How did we go from being so successful to being upside down again? Well, there's a lot of factors involved in that. Obviously, if you recall, there was a significant demand collapse back uh, in April of, of 20 when oil actually went to minus $34 a barrel. There was so much oil and so little capacity. We were paying people not to take delivery. And that demand collapse uh, obviously was part of the pandemic. It was also led in part by the attack from the Russian and the Saudi industry against the U.S. shale industry as well. And so those, you know, those uh, two primary factors led to some relatively quite affordable uh, gasoline prices for American consumers. But we claimed we climbed out of the pandemic, and the shale industry survived that full-on market assault from the Saudis and the Russians, and we found ourselves in a pretty good situation until January 20th of 2021, when the Biden administration came in. And I'm going to point fingers. We were doing pretty well as an industry and as an economy until the administration began its full-on frontal assault to uh, on the oil and gas industry. We knew it was coming. They, they campaigned on it. And the day they came in, they began to implement their actions uh, day by day and week by week. Over 100 of those uh, different actions, uh, roughly every five days uh, against industry. And the result is we're now reaping the, the unfortunate rewards of those bad policies. I find it fascinating that, you know, yesterday the president sent a letter to the industry and he's threatening to invoke emergency powers, which is essentially just reverse his own policy decisions. It's unbelievable. It is. 
Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. I've been in Washington 30 years, never seen anything like this. Um, uh, there is this myth of big oil. We were talking about it with Secretary Bernhardt just a little bit ago, uh, that you know these big oil companies are just gouging people. But in fact, most of the frontline producers, the people like Panix, our partners on this show, they're mid-sized companies. They employ lots of Americans, and they need some regulatory certainty. They can't just turn around and start drilling on a day's notice. Talk about the dynamic and also the fact that big oil is a big myth. Well, that's a great point, you know, and the problem is, is, is in an environment like this administration just paints the entire industry, which is not monolithic at all, as big oil. 83% of all the production uh, that comes in the United States comes from those independent companies. They're like farmers. They, they produce the product, they put it out, they're price takers, they take whatever the product is. And yet they also are very much subject to the market conditions. And so uh, these small, independent, family-owned companies, some of them are legacy companies that have been around for three or four generations. Uh, they've survived through different business cycles, and yet they still get up in the morning and do what they need to do, which is to produce oil and gas for the American economy. And it's really frustrating, to be honest with you, to, to watch the White House, which which is demonstrably ignorant in terms of, of their understanding of, of, of economics and the market, the way the market energy markets work. They assume that a company, small company, can simply turn on the spigot and turn it off. And, and if they decide to turn it off and prices increase, then gosh dang, they're price gouging. It's not, that's not how it is. It is a, it's a, frankly, it's a colossal failure of leadership on behalf of the White House and this administration not to foresee that their own actions are creating the exact situation that we're in right now. Yeah, it is stunning. One of the consequences of the Biden policies is that we've become more reliant again on overseas oil, particularly from OPEC, from countries like Saudi Arabia. And of course, there's this argument, we were trying to become more environmentally friendly, but are OPEC nations nearly as effective in clean to the environment as the American drilling industry? Absolutely not. Look, an American barrel of oil is the cleanest barrel of oil in the world. The way we the way we find it, the way we extract it, the way we refine it, the way we, we use it here in the marketplace is the cleanest in the world. Every other country that country that produces uh, energy, uh, produces oil and gas, comes to the United States and the U.S. industry for expertise. How do how do they do what we do? And the reality is, it is much smarter environmentally and it's much smarter economically to be producing a barrel of oil out of Oklahoma or Colorado or North Dakota or Texas than it is to be getting out of Venezuela or Saudi Arabia or particularly Russia. And and again, it takes us to this frustrating uh, situation where the, for whatever reason, as the White House is preparing to go to Saudi Arabia, Saudi oil in their mind is, is better than, than U.S. oil. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I think a lot of Americans are scratching, just like they couldn't understand shutting down the Trans-Canada pipeline and then letting Vladimir Putin have one to come through Europe before the war on Ukraine. Uh, it just has people scratching their heads. Um, I want to ask a little bit about a new initiative that the Biden administration has. And I have, I have a funny feeling is going to have a big effect on consumers downstream. The Securities and Exchange Commission has started what they call the Environmental, Social and Corporate Governance Rules. And they're going to apply these to oil and the gas industry. Tell us what those are and what the downstream consequences are going to be to, uh, to consumers when they're imposed. Well, I'll try and put them in as close to layman's terms as we can. Okay, It is a very, very complex rule, which the SEC is trying to jam through in just a matter of 30 or 60 days. We actually responded with our comments uh, to the SEC yesterday. We filed them about 70 pages of comments that the uh, U.S. Oil and Gas Association combined with uh, Western Energy Alliance put in our, in our comments. What it is designed in the simplest of terms is to be able to require 
publicly traded companies to to monitor and to report their greenhouse gas emissions, their climate footprint, for example. But problematic is that it's called scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope one and scope two, the, the publicly traded companies can get a handle on. If I'm, an, if I'm an oil and gas producer, I can somewhat get a handle on what my actual production activities, the impact, the impact of, that, of that climate footprint would be. The real problem is when you go further, further down the value chain, and that what falls into is what falls into scope three. Essentially, that is, I need to, as an oil and gas producer, tell you not only what my footprint is, but what my suppliers, my vendors, and the people that I work with, what their footprint is as well. And so I may have uh, I may, a big company like Halliburton, for example, has 70,000 different vendors that they have to operate with. That can extend from anything from a widget maker to a, to a trucking company to a catering company. And if I don't have the ability to reach that far down into the, the value chain to tell you what the catering company's footprint is that's servicing my crews out in the middle of the West Desert, Texas, then all of a sudden I'm, I become under scrutiny. Uh, from the SEC, which then puts me under scrutiny from Wall Street. That's the real problematic thing is essentially, for want of a better word, it is, you know, we have concerns about the Chinese social credit system. This is this is the 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 Biden White House trying to implement a carbon footprint social credit system, not only for publicly traded companies, but for everybody that they work with. And it's very, very problematic. It is it extends the reach of government far, far greater than it ever should be. Yeah, and when those compliance costs goes up, I mean, there's no place to do but to share those downstream to the consumer, right? Exactly. The costs go up, the consumers have to bear the costs. But the other problem also is, what is sort of the, the corporate uh, uh, reputation? What does that mean that if I can't get complete uh, reporting out of my vendors, then I have to let some of those vendors go, for example? Well, you're just not, I'm, I'm under scrutiny from Wall Street, the board will say. So we have to go back in and, and make sure that everybody we work with is being completely compliant. The farmer who may be producing uh, uh, you know, ethanol for a, a plant may not be able to, to monitor his greenhouse gas emissions, and yet somehow that biofuels refinery is going to have to report on that. Again, it's very, very problematic. Yeah, it sure is. It's a, a quagmire we're going into. We've got about 45 seconds left. Uh, what do those frontline drillers need? What certainty, what do they need from the Biden administration to start ramping up good old American oil rather than relying on Saudi oil? What's the magic solution here? Well, frankly, the magic solution is honestly to start firing some people who got us in this mess first. But, you know, Washington, for whatever reason, is the only place, the federal government's the only entity that actually rewards failure over success. And so I don't have a lot of hope that that's going to happen. But they, again, I, John, you and I have said this over and over again. Get out of our way. Stop doing what you're doing. You know, yesterday, the, Senate, the Secretary of, en of Energy, Senator Jennifer Granholm, was beaten up on industry at the same time her own agency uh, put out new rules on gas furnaces to make it harder for Americans to buy gas furnaces unless they're completely energy efficient. So it's this, it's this uh, problem of putting one obstacle and then complaining about why we're not being able to overcome that obstacle. They need to get out of the way. They need to cut the crap, approve our permits. They need to, to get back to helping us permit and move infrastructure, particularly pipelines and, and uh, LNG facilities, get those permits approved and out the door, dang it. And the final thing that they need to do is to go back to Wall Street and say, energy is a long game, fossil fuel energy is a long game. It is the bet that we have to place for the next, next 50 years. And no matter what John Kerry says, we right. need to get investment in there. Yeah, absolutely certainty. That's what we need, we need some more certainty. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, one of the country's premier experts on energy, senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and Northwestern University faculty member, Mark Mills will join us next, right after this commercial break. Delve into the shadows of the mind 
with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now, one of the country's premier experts on energy. He's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute and a Northwestern University faculty fellow as well. Mark Mills. Mark, great to have you back on the show. Always great to be back, John. Thanks. Uh, We are looking at this extraordinary moment where our president is going to go overseas to Saudi Arabia and ask for some more oil and gas production when in the United States, where, by the way, oil and gas is cleaner, we're we're restraining uh, supply and production uh, how did we get ourselves into this dynamic? <laughs> well, we know the answer. It's called politics. And maybe the second answer is climate aspirations or so-called green energy aspirations. We've had maybe 20 years of uh, what I have unkindly called feckless policies in the energy domain, which have been monomaniacally focused on reducing oil and gas use by disincentivizing inve- inve- you know. Uh, uh, investment in this space. Certainly, this administration has made no secret of their desire to quote transition away from oil and gas. Uh, and in fact, you don't you don't have to work very hard to go to the magic Google machine to look at the list of things that have been done in the last year and a half or two to accelerate the impediments to oil and gas, including when gasoline was already north of four dollars a barrel. The administration uh, reversed uh, offshore leases in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico, have increased regulations, have announced increasing regulations. In that kind of environment, you don't find a lot of enthusiasm for long-term investments. And that's that's half of what's happened. The other half is that the oil and gas industry is a supply chain industry like all other industries. And it got damaged by the uh, COVID lockdowns and recovering the labor force, recovering the infrastructure. It's not easy, especially against headwinds. So it should be no surprise that supply is not catching up with demand. Prices go up. Add to that the Ukraine invasion, another shock to the system. And that just is like an accelerant. To use the old expression, it's like throwing fuel on a fire. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, So it's clear the Biden administration wants to move people away from uh, uh, gas and oil now, coal, other things. But the uh, their nirvana, their everybody gets an electric car and they plug it in at night. Do we have the infrastructure for that? Are we anywhere close to having the infrastructure for that? Well, the easy answer. It's a two letter word. No, 
and, and we can't begin to build the infrastructure at the scales needed fast enough, not just to alleviate uh, high gasoline prices right now or in the immediate future, but for the next decade. You know, it's very simplistically, if we if we shift transportation from uh, uh, hydrocarbons, oil, 97% of all transportation is oil fired. If you shift that to the electric sector, you roughly have to double the electric sector's infrastructure. Wow. Uh, we're barely able to keep up with reliable electricity supply now because of the mandates for wind and solar. If you double the challenge uh, in the short time, by that I mean a decade, uh, you just it's just not it's not practical. Uh, never mind aspirations. I'm not you know, raining on people's parades to say some things aren't practical. It's like, you know, ho hoping a bridge will get built when you're driving towards a chasm. And, you know, maybe you want to get there tomorrow, but the bridge takes two years to build. The kind of time frames we're talking about in the renewable energy world is the bridges that people want to build for minerals and electric grid and for refining infrastructures for those minerals to make green machines and batteries. Those time frames are decades, not years or months. Yeah. It's taken 50 years to build the global oil and gas infrastructure to the size it has to support a massive world economy. It'll take that long to expand the other infrastructures to join oil and gas, not to replace it. That's that's the bottom line. We're going to need both in a bigger world. Yeah. And in the short term, we've got about 30 seconds left. Natural gas could cut carbon emissions now and still keep a plentiful supply, right? Absolutely. And it already has. America yeah. has the world's greatest natural gas reserves has uh, displaced coal on a pure economic basis. Germany, they're now firing up coal plants because they didn't take our offer to ship them gas years ago. And now they're going to take the offer, but it'll take years to reverse it. Yeah, remarkable. Bad decisions upon bad decisions. Mark Mills, one thing we always yeah. get from you, good advice. Thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of these insights. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Senior Vice President of Panex, Jay Burr, will be joining us. That's always a fun conversation. He knows what it's really like to be on the front lines of the energy industry. We'll have that right after this commercial message. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
Welcome back, America. Joining us now is one of my great friends and an excellent expert when it comes to explaining how did we get to this point in the energy crisis. Joining us right now is Jay Burr, Senior Vice President of Panix Oil and Gas, one of our sponsors for tonight's show. Jay, welcome back and thank you for sponsoring tonight's conversation. No, John, no problem. You doing you doing all right tonight? Yeah, I am doing fine. There is uh, as fine as we can do in an era of five dollar gas. I want to ask you about that because he's getting a lot of different explanations from the president. First, it was President Trump's fault. Joe Biden said then he said it was the big oil and gas company's fault. And now it's Vladimir Putin's point. It seems, though, that the real problem is that since he took office, he has restrained uh, the supply while demand for oil and gas has gone up. Is it anything more complicated than that? No, uh, John, is basic economics, uh, supply and demand. When when demand exceeds supply, prices are going to go up. And when President Biden came in office, we were coming out of the pandemic. Everybody was starting to wake up and work again. Well, at the same time, we start restricting production. Well, I mean, it's a it's a pretty simple calculation at that point that when you're when you're consuming more than you produce and you're not investing enough to produce more. It's a pretty clear picture of what's going to happen with the prices. And that's what we've seen play out over the last year or so. Yeah, it's really remarkable to watch it. And, and also for the media, not to give a really accurate story about what's going on. Uh, the president wants to go to countries like uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and OPEC countries when there's all this abundance of oil and gas here. When you see that as someone in the industry who knows they can solve this problem if government would get out of the way, what do you think? Uh, it just it brings you back to, as we've discussed before, you never really want to question somebody's motives, but it makes you wonder what they're trying to do. Because uh, historically, if you have a population that has a certain pattern, a certain way they live their life, and you want to change that, well, you make it more difficult and you make it painful to continue what they've been doing, so they choose an alternative. Well, that that seems, I mean, you don't have to guess, listen to what they've been saying. Yeah. Whether it's the, the energy secretary, whether it's President Biden, pretty much any one of them. This is a, we're in the middle of a transition. And and so you kind of go, well, hang on, what, why are we in the middle of this transition? <laughs> I didn't, I don't believe many people voted for this. And so then you start looking at why they're doing, because it just really doesn't make any sense. Look at what, look at what Europe is going through right now in fear of being basically at the hands of Putin. He yeah. controls their energy. He decides to cut them off. They're in trouble. Well, isn't that the exact same daggone thing that Biden's doing right now by asking other countries to produce our oil? And so it just doesn't make sense. And it makes America really puts us in a position of weakness on the world stage. And man, I'm tired of American looking weak. Yeah, I think most Americans are. And they have that same feeling that you have that uneasy pit in their stomach. Uh, this transition, obviously what they're talking about is a, a transition to an electric future. I want to ask you, as someone that's in the energy business, is the grid ready for that? Do we have the batteries? Do we have the charging capability? And if we don't, if we're on the wrong cost or transition, do you have a better solution to a lower carbon uh, future that doesn't involve a rush to electricity when it's not ready? Yeah, I mean, John, if you look at it, I don't believe there's one neighborhood in America that their electric grid is ready to handle every car, every car charging every night. Yeah, it, it would it would crash the grids. And so when you look at the alternatives and and that's the the sum zero game they've built is if you're against alternatives, you want to pollute the environment when nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, most people that are for oil and gas want to utilize utilize it in a clean manner, want to utilize it in a way that doesn't harm the earth. Now, you look at the United States, you look at the 
You look at our natural resources that we have. We already have more natural gas than anybody. Now, the infrastructure isn't complete, but the natural gas infrastructure is well so much further advanced than our electric infrastructure. Right. It would take a few modifications, but man, we could move straight to natural gas and eliminate all of this, and we'd still be burning the cleanest fuel out there other than nuclear. Now, one day, something is going to come along that trumps all of this and, and removes hydrocarbons from the picture when it comes to energy production. But when you think about it, a 42-gallon drum of oil makes 19 gallons of gasoline. That's less than 50%. The rest of it go to other products, whether it be jet fuel, whether it be heating oil, whether it be synthetics, whether it be chemicals, whether it's So you have literally we're dealing with less than 50% of what oil is used for. And so when you look at the natural gas option, that's really the only option that makes sense. You could convert every car in America to run on natural gas. Run a run a pipeline to each home. Heck, we run our stoves on it. So it's been done. We know how to do it. Yet we're choosing not to. It, it just uh, it makes you question motives. Yeah, it's the biggest head scratcher most Americans have right now. It just doesn't make sense. Um, I want to ask about the the different ways that the Biden administration has suffocated supply. TransCanada pipeline we know about. We know about the ending of drilling leases and closing off areas in Alaska and other places so we can't drill. There's a new one that seems to be raising a lot of concern. And it is from the SEC, these new ESG rules that sort of take a woke ideology and put them into the financial marketplace. How can that be? How is that affecting the industry? Oh, it, it has people scared to death. Now, you, you take a company like Panix. We don't fund our programs through banks. We don't fund our programs through institutions. We fund our programs one partner at a time. So it really doesn't affect a company like like mine because we don't get our money from the banks. However, you look at the shale industry. A lot of that work was financed from the banks. Well, if you're an oil and gas company and you need a dollar to drill a well and the bank is the company that is giving you that dollar and all of a sudden they decide not to give it to you, you're in trouble, especially if you don't have enough production to cover that dollar. And, and so it's once again, it goes back to the a method of control. If you don't want an oil company to do X, Y, and G, X, Y, and Z, you put restrictions on what money they can generate to, to build their company. And so all of a sudden they have to start doing different things. And so when you look at the, well, I, you know, I really can't speak for anybody else. I can speak for us. We look at the American oil industry and our thought process, there really hadn't been a major oil and gas company in America built on American production in close to 40 years. Amazing. And so that really, that goes back, that puts us at the position of weakness that we were speaking about a minute ago. Yeah. So why not? Why not try to have an American-owned company consolidate as much oil as they can where we can reduce the pressure on the American people? And so that's really kind of what we're gearing towards is the fact that somebody's going to do it. Yep. Might as well be a group of people that love America and want the best for us. It would be so much better, though. It is the right way to go. We got about a minute left. I want to ask you, one of the great things about Panics, you have a plan to try to turn this around. Uh, how do if you're an American, you're listening and say, listen, I want to help. I want to make this happen politically, economically. What's the best way to dive in and try to get this change so we get back to better a better energy uh, position in America? Well, step number one, educate yourself. Understand that their goal is to make it so confusing that you don't want to engage. And it's not confusing. One plus one equals two. And so when you go in and you look at a barrel of oil and everything that is created from a barrel of oil, 
and you look at natural gas and everything that can be accomplished with natural gas or nuclear, and then you look at the the battery power, the solar power, the wind power, the water, understand the full scope of what they're wanting us to do. And then you can speak intelligently about it to everybody else. All it starts is one conversation between neighbors and that snowball starts rolling. And, you know, the picture that's on the screen right now, who wants to look out on the horizon and see windmills covering the horizon? Uh, I'm driving to Florida here a couple of months ago and I made my kids take pictures of it because I was told, you know, for years we're told, oh, oil and gas, it's horrible. It's a scar on the on the horizon. You see those pump jacks. And all of a sudden we look over and there's a field of solar panels with nothing but weeds growing up in between them. And I'm talking probably 30 acres worth of solar panels. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm driving to Pennsylvania with my son to play baseball. And there's a certain spot when you cross from Maryland and go on through and you come into Pennsylvania. There's, there's a beautiful, pristine countryside hill line. You look at and then all of a sudden at the top, you see nothing but windmills across the top of it. And and so it's like, hang on, who's really destroying the environment? And and so you got to ask yourself, when do you start calling it out? When do you start looking at them and saying, hang on, this doesn't make sense. And you're hurting people by doing it. Be honest. And that's really where it begins is educating yourself and holding people accountable. Jay, thanks for your time and insights today, as well as your great partnership for this show. Well, folks, if you want to learn more on how smart investments today in companies like Panic can help investors, businesses, and the economy tomorrow, well, make sure to go visit www.panex.us slash learn. Let me give you that again, www.panex.us slash learn to start investing in oil today. All right, folks, it's hard to believe that that wraps up things for tonight's special Many thanks to our sponsor, Panix Oil & Gas, for partnering with us on tonight's event, and to the Real America's Voice team for giving us this great platform so we can have a candid conversation that a lot of people in the mainstream media won't have. All right, folks, uh, be sure to tune in tonight. We'll be back at our regular slot, Amanda and I, at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Real America's Voice. Just the news, not noise. We've got a lot of big interviews and some breaking news with that Supreme Court today. You don't want to miss that. Until then, God bless you, and God bless this extraordinary country, the United States as he always has. Thanks and good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded 
January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.